0: hallelujah hallelujah glory to god can you lift your hands glory to god Say the life of god is in me the light of god is in me i'm a light to this world i shine in this world i'm a light in darkness Men, see my light Men, come to my light. And Jesus is glorified. Hallelujah. Praise God. Help me welcome two, three people as you take your seats. Praise God. Hallelujah.
1: Praise God.
0: Hallelujah. Last Wednesday, we, we continued on our teaching on spreading the fire. And sincerely, guys, there, there's so much fire that needs to spread. So much fire needs to find expression. And, and the book of Acts is one book that helps us to put in one place in Scripture The spreading of the fire and the more we give attention to the thoughts that we share each Wednesday, we will see how that fire was received and then fire was (laughs) just stirred up as it were and suddenly there was a spark. If you remember last Wednesday, we looked at the fact that Jesus asked them to stay in the city called Jerusalem and then they stayed. And then the Holy Ghost came upon them in that same city called Jerusalem. And 3,000 people got born again. God added to them in Jerusalem. And they healed the man at the beautiful gate. 5,000 people God added to them in the same Jerusalem. And then God added to them daily such as should be saved in the same Jerusalem. And then they just remained in that same where? Jerusalem. But Jesus has said to them, You receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you, you will be witnessed unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. God had said to them in the person of Jesus This message should go all over the world, but He just kept it where? In Jerusalem, and it wasn't the intention of God that the message is stored up in one place. And we we need to open up our minds and open up our hearts and come to the same realization that the message will in our generation also remain in one place if we do nothing about the fire. It will remain. I've had the privilege of meeting with people, talking to people, Taking advantage, you know, of an opportunity to share God's Word. I love to teach God's Word. I love to explain God's Word to people. And I've come to realize, like we'll see in the book of Acts 18 tonight, I've come to realize that one should not take for granted the sharing of God's Word with anybody. And I said that to us, you know, last week about the man called Apollos. You know, so we're just going to read a bit about him before we end tonight. Because it's important. Once you have been lit up, find someone else to light up. I'll say that again. Once you have been lit up, find somebody else to light up. Once you have been lit up, find somebody else to light up. Let someone catch the word you caught. Let someone learn the word you learned. Let someone see the thing you've seen. Let somebody understand what you have understood. I am one that has been impacted. And I am one that impacts. I remember in my life, I, I God had spoken to me how that He has an assignment for me in the body of Christ. And if I say I understood what He said... I'd lie. I I didn't get it. I was young, inexperienced, in such matters, You know, and and usually, I've shared that story with some of you before. Usually myself and my friends had a culture, a custom, you know, of, you know, we just pray at the end of every semester and every session. Brief prayer most times. And then we challenge ourselves that when you're coming back next session or next semester, you know, it should be ten times better than who you're leaving or the person that's living here right now and all of that. And then we finished our second year in school, you know, OND2. And I just, you know, felt in my heart that I should take some time to pray. So I took about two weeks praying and fasting. You know, and in the midst of that, God spoke to me and said He was going to use me, you know, do certain things in the body of Christ. And He said before that, He's going to change me first. And, And somewhere, with the little way I knew how to pray, you know, all I could say in interpretation of what God told me, all I could just say was, Lord, you know, okay, so change my orientation. That's how I could just say it in English. And then there was a day I was at home. I heard the gate, you know, a bang at the gate. I peeped through the balcony. was a friend of my brother. And then he asked if my brother was in. I said, no. He asked if my brother was in. I said, no. You know, and, 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 you know. Anyway, he was sad and he felt, okay, can he just come in and just sit down for a while? He came in, you know, sat with me. And, and in doing that, I never asked him a question. Can't remember any question I asked him. I didn't even ask him a question. And as, 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 as one of the say has happened from someone to me, I've seen the same thing happen with me to other people. I never asked him one question. And when he left The house that day, I told him, you've answered almost every question in my heart. I never asked him one. I didn't say, please explain what is the meaning of... I didn't ask him one question. It just, I believe by the Holy Ghost, began to just exhort me in God's word. And then he touched this topic, and then he touched this topic, and then he touched... I felt so high. Seeing him off that day, I said to him, God actually sent you here not to look for my brother, but you are the answer to what God said was going to do to me, I was introduced into something. Now, this is where I'm going. He was, at that time, maybe mid-twenties, going to late-twenties. My brother is five years older than I am, and I think it was a year or two, or maybe more, maybe two, older than my brother. And then I was maybe like 19. So, he definitely will be like 25. And at that time, he had a call to ministry. At that time, please hear me. He had a call to ministry. At that time, he knew the name of his ministry. At that time, he knew the location of where God would have him, you know, put that ministry. Anybody understands that? At that time, all of that, and then he just shared God's word for like two hours or maybe more, maybe less, you know, with one guy that is 19 years old and loves Jesus Christ. Now, let's travel several years after that. I'm standing here today pastored by the privilege of God in Ife, in Ede, in Lagos, in Abelkota, Nam, in Ijebode, and then God wants us to spread. You know, many people in many countries have been blessed by our teaching as a ministry. Many lives have had to be blessed. People have had to download teachings. You know, we, we, even this church, we've impacted lives, true or false. But I'm saying, travel back again that time, in a sitting room, in one house, A 25-year-old there-about guy with a 19-year-old boy. Who would have thought The impact he was making on that little boy would someday be a foundation to many lives. Many ministries that will be born and many people that will be touched. Never take for granted these opportunities. You don't know who you might be talking to. Never take for granted these opportunities. You don't know who you might be sharing God's word with. So I met him, and then about two weeks or so after that, I began my IT, I think a week or so after that, but two weeks after that, I was in a staff bus, and then some guys were talking, gisting, 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 sports, and a whole lot of other stuff that I really might not know how to really talk about, you know. So I sat there quiet, and someone that was, you know, very active in the conversation turned and looked at me and said, are you born again? I said, Yeah. So, he left the rest of the guys I was just with and said, okay, that means you'll be better company. And he just sat with me and we talked all through. Suddenly, this chap I was talking with in the staff bus was sounding very similar to the person I came to my house two weeks ago. Then I get to ask, um, what church do you go to? They happen to go to the same church. I ask, um, who are the people you read or listen to, you know? Same name, Ken Hagin, Ken Copeland, EW Kenyon. I mean, I'm like, okay, God is sending two people that don't know me and they seem to have the same foundation. One has said certain things to me and the other seems to now drive it in. One meets me and gives me my first Hagin tape I ever listened to, gave me the first Hagin magazine I ever read, gave me the first Hagin book I ever read. The other guy never gave me anything. But it takes me to bookstores. And then he points and says, ah, if you read this book, your life will change. I said, you have said I have, I'm not giving it. Ah, this one, I remember when I read it, yay! And you see that in a bookstore. And he does all that to me. This is where I'm going. All that continues. I go back to school for my HND, not knowing that there was a move of God to begin on my campus. And I somehow will be part of the people in the forefront. Without knowledge, without revelation, without insight. I came to school with four Ken Hagen tapes. I spent the last two days of my life on campus dubbing tapes for people. I slept in between two cassette players, and we were buying empty cassette packets. And I was just recording left and right. I slept. They'll give me food. I'll eat. That's that's where I slept, amongst two dubbing decks. I left campus with people now collecting Hagen magazine. Joyce Mayer magazine, Creflo Dollar magazine. But I just came to school with original and photocopies. I remember we had a meeting on campus and then these two people that impacted my life came. A friend of mine organized the meeting. One of them said, "Lion, I just want to tell you I'm proud of you. I couldn't have thought that this was going to happen on your campus. I'm going somewhere. I'm saying who would have thought that little guy that he shared God's word with who would have thought? Someday he would be president of a ministry. Who would have thought? We don't take you don't. You don't know who you're talking to. And God has many of his children all over this city. There are preachers shaking the nation today who at a time were cult boys. I met someone who, you know was like a big brother to me when I was in my one-year IT. He told me how he got born again, and I laughed. Why? Because he followed a babe to church. I was in church because of that babe. And I day the pastor said, okay, their drummer is not in church. Who can drum? He said, well, I'm not born again, but at least let me drum for them today. And that's how he got to church. That's how he got born again. That's how he became a pastor. And he got involved in Redeemer, and he was involved in church planting. From entering church. I'm saying we don't know. We don't know. We, we just meet. We just eat. We, we just greet. We just sometimes even pass by. And we might just have passed beside an Apollos. Might just have passed beside a Timothy. Timothy grew up in a Christian home. His mother, grandma, Louis and Eunice. They were of the faith. Paul said he had learned the scriptures from when he was a child. So Timothy was from a church house. Wonderful. But who would know that someday Paul will put an entire district in the care of Timothy? Who would have thought about it? That small boy. Because when Paul put him in charge, he was still a small boy. Who would have thought about it? If you read the book of Acts, these stories are interesting. How 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 exactly? How many of you remember Acts, you know, sixteen twenty-five, and Paul and Silas they prayed. You remember that? They sang praises and then the Holy Ghost came down. anybody remember that song? Paul and Silas they prayed, they sang, you know. No, 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 no. How exactly did Silas become ministry team partner with Paul? It wasn't it wasn't an arrangement. It wasn't structured. Paul's ministry partner was Barnabas. Anybody remember that? In Acts 13 from verse 1, when the Bible says, separate unto me, Barnabas and Paul, for this work that I have for them, you know, in Acts 3, verse 3, I, I mean Acts 13, 3 rather, you know, no, no, no. Okay, that'll be too then. I accept to... As a minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Now separate to me who? Barnabas and Saul. You know, for the work that I have for them now. Just since itself. Let, let's see. Now. How did Silas come into the picture? What qualified Silas as it were? If you read the book of Acts, these things are interesting. It was... This same Barnabas, who heard that Paul was born again, and he went to meet with Paul. He was an encourager to Paul. Ah. You know, I guess my heart is full of something, but let's come back to what I'm saying. So just run through, so maybe next Sunday, I guess, we might want to read. (laughs) But Barnabas... And was was an encourager. Barnabas heard the guy that used to persecute us. Remember, I talked about persecution last week. The guy that was arresting them and beating them and throwing, throwing them into the prison. Barnabas heard the guy's born again. Everybody was afraid of him, but Barnabas walked up to him, met him, hi, what's up, how you doing? I'm Barnabas. He said, here. Well, we all know who you are. <laughs> you don't need introduction, you know." And then they must have had some talk. Barnabas went on a mission. To Antioch. And Barnabas sees what's going on in Antioch. And guess what? Barnabas goes to meet Paul. And says, Paul, let's go somewhere. Follow me. And Barnabas takes Paul. Anybody knows the headquarters of Paul's ministry? Antioch. How did Paul get to Antioch? Barnabas brought him. Who would have thought that this guy, Barnabas, was encouraging? Who would have thought that this same guy that Barnabas introduced to Antioch and said we could stay here and start work from here and do more ministry? Who would have thought the guy would now write two thirds of the New Testament? Who would have thought? You know, when the believers heard that he was born again, you know, some of them say, "Let's give him one month; he will go back." You know, when he entered church, the ushers might have to put him at the back door, so he like looks like he's removing something that looks like stick. Or knife. they can jump on him. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Everybody deals with him with suspicion. Barnabas was a bold guy. And then they began first missionary journey, you know, and, and the work went on. Suddenly, they had a guy called John Mark, called him to Barnabas. Well, that would be sister, son, nephew. Mark followed them, then Mark left them. So they were going again, and Mark says, "I want to come." Paul says, "Mark cannot follow us." And then there was an argument between Barnabas and Saul because of Mark. Bible calls it a sharp contention; was a serious argument. He can come? No, he's not going to follow us. No, he can. I'm sure somewhere Barnabas is at. He's feeling I have faith in you. Have faith in this guy. Bible didn't write that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, Barnabas just looked like the have faith in everybody kind of person. You know, <laughs> i have faith in you, man. Let's have faith in this guy. He bailed up from us. Paul said, no. For him to have abandoned the journey once, he's not fit. He can't follow me. So he maybe might have had to quote, he'd have put his hand to the plow and looks back. He's not fit for this kingdom. This guy's not fit. Let him go. You know, right? And Barnabas saying, okay, let John Mark go. Barnabas said, okay, Paul, I'll go with John Mark. So Paul was without an assistant. But Silas had been sent from the headquarters. After they had, had the argument in Acts 15, the Jerusalem Council, Silas was in a ministry team that were to come also to Antioch to now explain things and say, well, when the apostles talked in Jerusalem, they said this, so Paul would talk and Bamba say yes, I mean Silas will say yes, they sent us to come and stay. So Bamba just felt like staying back after they had done all that. Anybody got that? Just felt like staying back. So when Paul and Barnabas had their issue, Silas was just hanging, staying back, doing nothing. Paul must have said, are you free? Say, said, yeah, yeah, can we rope together? And suddenly, Silas became Paul and Silas. And, and the journey continued with Paul and Silas. It's just interesting that the book of Acts is about people, about opportunities, about placements. About people who were given opportunities that did not look like they were something. Nobody would have thought that what they eventually became. Anybody stay with me right now? Nobody would have thought that they might have become what they eventually became. Just 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 people. You know? <laughs> I remember when I met Ezekiel. Where's Ezekiel? Okay, he's there. <laughs> No, I won't tell you the other part of the story. But I met Ezekiel. You know, but sometime this year, Ezekiel felt led by God to go to, it's not your hometown now. Someone's hometown. Your grandma's place. Your grandma. So, he, he, he went to grandma's place, felt led, started ministering to people. Then he went to a secondary school. secondary school or primary school? Secondary school. Secondary school. And in one day, he got over 200 young people born again. 2 zero, 0 in a day. Isn't that awesome? So, in another five years, now, if you see Ezekiel on Twitter, okay, no, Twitter, five years is too long. You're not him on DSTV. You know, the last guy that used to a message for us in church. I'm not saying you need to be on DSTV, just an example. You know, it's not church now. was never on television. Hagen blessed people till tomorrow, yet he was never, ever on television. God never sent him. God never permitted him. You don't have to do what everybody does to be impactful in life. Find your path. I'll repeat myself. Hagen was never, ever on television. His son was on TV while he was alive. Never, he never got on TV. His sons in ministry like Kenneth Copeland them were on TV every day. Hagen was never tempted to feel challenged. To get on TV. Stay in your place. You'll prosper in your place. Psalm 92 says they that are planted in the house. They will flourish. There's a a place of planting. It is a place of flourishing. Stay in your place. Stay in your place. You're honored in your place. But anyway. So when you read the book of Acts, you see all these people. You see their lives. You see. And you're like... These people ended up impacting the world. But when they began, nobody would have thought that they were going to end up like this. And for every one of us, I believe that's a major case in point. Never look down on anybody. Never think nobody can do it. Never ever. And please, for everybody here too, you're never too big to start small. No matter how big your calling seems to be. You know how people say, you know, when you ask them, you know, you meet them and they want to introduce themselves. They say, I am pastor, so-and-so. You say, where's your church? It's yet to start. No, I'm not talking about people that might have pastors before, no. I'm saying they just, they just it, it, it's a calling. That means it's still a potential form. Get busy. It's not about the title. You know, and, 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 and you know, don't, 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 don't try to do something because, you know, I, I, I think I have a calling. There are faces and there are stages. So let's, let's go to Acts 6. That's, I think that's a lot of intro already for us. Acts 6 from verse 1 again. You remember already last week. So Acts 6 from verse 1. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution, and we looked at that last week it was food and all. Then the twelve summoned the multitude, obviously well over eight thousand people here, and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and do what? Serve tables. Verse 3. Therefore, brethren, what should they do? Seek out from among you seven what? Men of good what? Reputation. Tell the person beside you, repetition is important. Alright. Two, full of the what? Tell the neighbor, being full of the Holy Ghost is important. Third, full of wisdom. Now tell the person. Whom we may appoint what? Whom we may appoint over this business. What was the business? To dish food. Serve food. Anybody got that? So it means if I'm a ketra, these are the kind of guys I should look for. Anybody got that kind of thing? I'm looking for them to serve food. So, they continue. But we will give ourselves how? To to prayer and to the ministry of... Of the world, verse 5. And the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose, number one, Stephen, a man full of faith and what? Watch that. This guy had this much faith and this much Holy Ghost in him and they brought him to be doing what? Is that not a disgrace to his anointing? Anybody learning something there? You know, some people just have that with all my anointing on me. Get down there and bend your whatever it is and dish the food, man. You understand what I'm saying? Get there and work. You don't feel, hey, it's me. So, anybody got that? Nobody's too big. You know, someone said, you know, if, if you are too big to do something small, then you are too small to handle big things. Did you get that? If you are too big to do small stuff, sometimes you are actually too small to handle the big stuff. You know, we grow in these things. How many of you can be good at something and then you still are not chosen? And you keep getting people you feel are not as good as you are keep getting to be chosen and your job is to support them would you still wholeheartedly support them? I like it when Joshua, you know, being Moses' assistant, you know, (laughs) he had to go through the hard stuff with Moses. When Moses goes into the tent of meeting, he's the only bold one that can stand by the, you know, tent door. When Moses, you know, we all talk about Moses being on the mountain for 40 days. Anybody remember that? Moses was on the mountain for 40 days. You remember that? You know, and then Moses came down from the mountain. The first guy he met was Joshua. And he told Joshua, what's the sound that I hear down there? Joshua said, I don't know. That means Joshua was not up the mountain with Moses, but neither was he down the mountain with people. So if Moses was on that mountain for 40 days without food, what about Joshua? I think I might have been there too without food. I think. Because he didn't have the slightest idea of what was going on down there. How that Aaron had given them the golden calf, he had no idea. He was up the mountain midway, waiting for Moses to come down. So imagine me suffering that much. Imagine, you know, when it's time to fight, you know, and then I'm the one fighting, you know, and all of that. And suddenly, God now tells you, Moses, you. Moses, you, you. God tells you to pick 70 people. That he wants to put your precious spirit on those 70 people, Moses. And my name. Was not on that list. Ah, Moses, Moses, or Moses. With everything I have suffered for you, God said, speak seventy. I want to take the spirit of Moses. Moses—that's the thing I've been looking for all my life. That's why I followed you this much, and my name did not appear on that list, not even merit list. Just didn't put me there. Hi. You know, and you know, when elder and men that were speaking in tongues, it was them just that I came say, hey. Some that said, ah, beef. Hmm? Etanu. This is beef. It's because he it was not put there. Now nah, we're not told about all this, alright? But just something we could learn. Not only, not knowing that someday, someday, when we're about to depart. God will say, place your hands on Joshua. The Bible says that Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses, the servant of God, laid hands on him. He carried everything. But all that while he was just faithful. When he asked the ghost fire of the land, he was faithful. He came back with good reports. But do you know, even at that then, they will mention Caleb's name before they mention him. They will mention Caleb and Joshua. It wasn't Joshua and Caleb. It was Caleb and Joshua. And we learned from these people. So jo- Caleb was mentioned first. But despite the fact that Caleb was mentioned first, Caleb now saw that Moses chose who? Joshua. And suddenly Caleb submits to Joshua. So after they crossed the Jordan, Caleb walks up to Joshua and says, Boss, do you remember that Moses said to me that he would give me that mountain? I have the strength I had when that promise was made. Sir, give me permission. Let me go and take the mountain Moses promised me. And Joshua gave him permission. Anybody understands that? You remember that we used to be on the same level. So I just want to inform you that. No, it wasn't information anymore. Joshua is now the head. Now the person in charge. And the body of Christ must understand these spiritual things. These are simple things. So, Stephen, a man full, verse 6, of faith, and full of the Holy Ghost. Okay, that was, that was 7 then. Okay. Whom they... No, no, no. 6, 5 then. Okay. Yeah. Same to almost you. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and Holy Ghost. One, who is the second person there? Philip. Trochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Phaminas, Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. Verse 6 now. Thank you. Whom they set before the apostles and then they prayed and then they laid hands on them. Verse 7. Then the word of God did what? Spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many people made great men of the priests obedient to the faith. Watch this. And Stephen What? Full of faith and power. While he was dishing food, what was he doing? Did great wonders and signs where did, did, did he have some fire? Did he have some fire? Did he rebel when he told you to serve the table? But obviously, while he was busy serving table, maybe someone comes to the table with a bent leg, he says, What's up with your leg? Okay, take your food. Legs straight, bow. Okay, go. Where was he doing the great wonders and signs? Where, where was he doing the signs and wonders? Yeah, but I'm looking for something among where. It wasn't outside. Anybody got that? So he, he didn't jump out. He was in. He was around. He was faithful, but in the midst of the job, he was growing. He was developing. And like we read last week, he now had people contest the word with him and nobody could withstand his wisdom. Do you remember that from last Wednesday? Nobody, nobody. It talked to a point where his face began to glow like that of an angel. See, that was heavy. It was deep. But he began from doing what? Seven tables. Then he moved to Doing miracles amongst the people. Then he moved to so much utterance. Words like authority, power flowing from him. Nobody could withstand him. Then he got the honor of being the first martyr of the church. First guy killed for Christ. That's honor. Blessed are you when men persecute you. For so they persecuted that they that went ahead of you. You remember that Jesus said so? He got the honor of being the first martyr of the church. But he began from seven tables. Many people begin from seven tables who over time should have many, so much rather, fire flowing from them and then they stay with the table. Some just need to push. But we'll see the next guy. And that's chapter 8. Chapter 8 from verse 1. Let's see Philip. It says, Saul so was consenting to the death of Stephen. At the time, great persecution arose against the church that was at Jerusalem, and then they were scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Devote men carried Stephen to his burial, and made great lamentation over him. Next verse, please. As for Saul, he made much havoc of the church entering every house, dragging uh, men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who scattered Went everywhere, doing what? Setting fire on other people. Next verse. A new guy is introduced. Philip went down where? To the city of Samaria to preach what? What was he asked to do in chapter 6? Serve tables, now he's preaching Christ. The multitude, with one accord, heeded the teachings. I want you to follow this, please. Follow this, follow this. Well, you're just going to be on Stephen. I mean, Philip, and then we're closing on Philip. Watch this. Would have done. Okay, no, 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 Apollos today, most likely. And much as we want to talk, he did the things spoken by Philip. Watch this. They were what? Hearing and that means he spoke and he demonstrated. I want you to picture this. This guy served tables. Unlike Philip, Stephen, we were not told he did anything among the people. Suddenly, persecution broke out. And he found himself in a city called Samaria. Very likely the same Samaria that Jesus went to in John chapter 4. He lands in Samaria. And then, begins to speak. And someone has blind eyes. And while he's speaking, the blind eye is open. He hasn't even prayed yet. Paul, And then, lame. Walks. And he hasn't said anything yet. Stay on the verse. Stay on the verse. You know, and, and things are going to happen... Because i said they were listening to what he was saying and were watching the miracles that were taking place. So, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, watch this, for unclean spirits, did what? I, I anybody? Any, okay, I was going to say someone should give me an example of a loud voice. Okay, maybe she didn't bother. It doesn't stop somebody. But is he very uncomfortable? Is it like, ouch! Loud voice? Is it like... um? Come out in Jesus' name. Yes! Something like that. Loud voice. It wasn't just a loud voice. they cried out. Loud voice. That means this guy, this guy that served tables had so much fire in him that he could ignite people and then demons could be ah, scattering everywhere out of the people. Anybody understand what I'm saying? And it was just the same fire in the guy that was dishing food. For English, spirits crying out a loud voice. Came out of many who were possessed. And many who were what? Give me an example. What is paralysis? Immobility. You can't move. You can't, you can't move your hand. You can't move your leg. What does it mean to be lame? 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 Yeah. Lame? Polio can cause lameness. Right? What else? Lame. So someone comes to this meeting, you know, like that, and then before you leave the place, anybody get that? And this guy was serving food. And then, next thing we know, the food guy is performing miracles. Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Are there people in this place that you are expected by God to do this? And all of a sudden you still think that all God will have you do. is something else. Many of us, if we're not careful, stay with the convenience. We choose the convenience. And you can almost convince yourself that the convenience is your calling. Because it is convenience. And it is church. And it is ministry. I know people who used to sing. They moved from singing. There's a man I love. His name is Keith Moore. He sings spiritual songs a lot in Ken Higgins meetings, Copeland's meetings, some. Keith Moore was from the bush. Not prosperous, lived a low life. Was led by God to come to Higgins Bible School. He attended All of his classmates were, you know, God has spoken to me. I'm an apostle. This one says, oh, I'm a pastor. God told him to go outside the church in social place. Keith never heard anything from God. He said, Lord, what will, have you, what will you have me do? Said so he really wasn't hearing when everybody was hearing. He so said eventually God only spoke three words to him. Said so those three words were help Kenneth Hagin. Tell so the only three thing things God spoke to him. He said, Okay. So he finds where people are sweeping. He says, as long as they are sweeping where Hagen is going to use to preach, if I join them to sweep, I'm helping Hagin. Then he goes to those that are setting up sound and like, say, Can I help you? He says, you are setting up the sound that Hagen is going to use. God told him to help Kenneth Hagin, so let me just. Set up sound with you. Carry whatever I want to carry. God told me to do what? Help Hagen. And from there, you know, got an opportunity to serve in a lower office and got an opportunity here. Got an opportunity there. Got an opportunity also. Hagen began healing school. He was one of the numerous people helping out in the healing school. Got an opportunity to also lecture at the Bible school. Was in healing school. Was in the Bible school. Eventually Hagen handed the healing school over to him. This guy started with helping to sweep. And help to set up whatever else they could do. And then, Bible school, while he was still helping with all that, God now told him about his own personal ministry. Kennehege still gave him an office in Rema Bible Training Center. Gave him an office, was still a teacher, so he would do Kidmore ministry, and still come back again and do Kennehege ministry. And then his impact was going all over the world. Suddenly, how many years ago, God told him, start a church in Branson. And he found a supernatural venue. Church is full. Impact all over the world. But years ago, when everybody was hearing about ministry, he didn't hear anything. And he was willing to sweep the floor. Pastor Tebe was an interpreter. Tunebaka was an interpreter. Most of his people, most, not like everybody begins with, this is where I'm going. So Philip shakes up Samaria. Acts twenty-one verse eight. Acts twenty-one eight. Acts twenty-one eight. Let's see this together. What does it say? On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered. The house of Philip the, Philip the, so that you are sure who we are talking about, who was one of the seven and we stayed with him. He began from food, he went to Samaria, he ended up in the office called Evangelist. All the while he was serving the food, there was an Evangelist inside the food guy. All the while. All the while. All the while. All the while. And suddenly. And he didn't just become an evangelist. Look at the next verse. Now this man. Had, t- had four virgin daughters. Who were preachers. prophesy. That means to prophesy according to First Corinthians 14 is to speak unto men unto edification, exhortation and comfort so there was some preaching inside that place. One man began from food. The man ended up an evangelist and then he raised his four girls and God blessed him with four ministry gifts. Four ministry people. You might be sitting beside someone, or you are the one sitting beside someone, and the person you are sitting beside. And another 10 years, God will have you build something in China for the gospel. We don't see these things today. We don't realize these things now. We don't know these things today, but never take anything for granted. Don't even take yourself for granted. Don't take the sharing of God's word. With anyone for granted. You might be a prayer person. Just, you know, God's having you pray. There's a woman, Hagen, talked about in, in, in the book, ask for prayer. God will move out to a place, and then she will pray till a church is established there, and then she moves to another place, and then prays until a church... You, you know, I'm sure she didn't begin like that. I'm sure she didn't start that way. All these things, guys, we discover them the more we get committed to spreading the fire. If Philip never gave himself to ministry in Samaria, he might never have realized the evangelistic call that he had. He just gave himself. Many of us stay with the convenience. Hegel was called of God to teach. Then God told him also about the ministry of the prophet. But for many years, Hagan would rather introduce himself as a teacher and a prophet. Teacher and prophet. Teacher and prophet. One day he fell. You can read this story, and I believe in visions amongst other places, but you find I believe in visions. He fell, broke his arm, was in the hospital, and Jesus walked into the hospital room and was talking to him. And while Jesus got talking to him, Jesus enlightened him that was actually treading already outside the will of God for his life. They he said, how? Jesus said, because you put one office behind another in a reverse order of your life. Because you are comfortable with the teaching office, you rather introduce yourself as a teacher and then a prophet. And Jesus told him, there is never a place Ministry offices were mentioned in the Bible where the teaching office was mentioned before the prophet's office. And that's true. So Jesus told him, he said, you are first a prophet, then a teacher. Correct your ways. I mean, you almost wonder, is that thing important to God? You know, when God was going to tell Noah to build the ark, God gave him specifications. When Moses was going to build a tabernacle, God gave him specifications. Many of us do not know that God is specific. God has details. He believes in details. Jesus couldn't die in a carpenter's workshop. There were trees there. Or at least there was wood there, wasn't there? But the plan wasn't carpenter's workshop. It had to be on a tree. It have to be outside the city. There was a specification. And there was a timing to it. You know, so when we live just this, every day, I'm just living my life, I'm living, no, 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 no. You, you actually are working and living with a calendar. There is a calendar. And there is a specification. Don't rush ahead of yourself. And don't keep yourself back. But can we begin to spread the fire? Some of you are convenient with singing. I just want to sing. I just want to sing. What if there's a prophet in you? Not a singer. You begin with singing. But God will have you prophesy. I mean, I don't want pastoring. I just want to counsel people. I just like to know how they are doing. If they have problem or they don't have problem. What if it's a like pastoral office that is fighting inside you? What if, or what consigns you with people's problems? It, there's no office in the body of Christ called counseling. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. You either prophesy to edify and exhort, or you pastor and intend the sheep. There's no department like counseling in offices. We have those departments in the church as a unit. And it's, in, it, 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 it's necessary, high time, the church of Jesus woke up to the responsibilities of God. It's high time we spread the word and let somebody get blessed. Would you spread the word, guys? Would you teach somebody? Would you show seeds into somebody's life? Would you? Would you find a way of teaching God's word to people? Enlightening them? Encouraging them? Would you find a brother or sister overtaking in a fault? And you see beyond the person's fault and bring out the gold in the person. Bring out the voice of God in that person. Would you? In another 10, 20 years, you don't know where that person will be. You don't know where you will be. You don't know if the person together you will be a ministry associate. You don't know. Kenneth Copeland had been hired by our Robots before, and he was our Robots' pilot. Who would think, when he came to their office that day to be hired as a 30-year-old 100-level guy in school, the oldest undergraduate in their school? 30-year-old guy, 100, entering 100 100-level. Who would think this 30-year-old guy in 100-level that came to get a job to fly Brother Robots? Who would think that guy would become a major name in the body of Christ soon enough and become Kenneth Copeland? Who would think about it? Nobody sees those things at the beginning. Same Kenekoplan now had Jerry Savell, his driver, carriage stuff. Who would think that in another five years, the same Jerry is preaching beside Kenekoplan? Who would think about it? Who oh, would? Well, I've been PA for my pastors too, and here I am today. When I was PA, nobody might have seen anything. They just saw PA. Carry Bible, carry bag, wash boxes, clean the room, clean the floor, and all this stuff was someone's PA, but my pastor saw something else. I remember when I was walking Pastor Land in church office, he came in one morning, sat on his chair, called me in. I walked in, said God said I should tell you. And he just began to talk to me. Office staff. I wasn't a pastor yet. He said, God said I should tell you. And Pastor began to talk about my teaching ministry. As his office staff. He said, God said I should tell you. Focus on it. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. As his office staff. Everybody might have seen a star. My pastor saw something else. And here I am today. Still believes in my teaching ministry. We were together in Rwanda last year and he gave me his own session to share with him. To minister. Don't, don't think standing behind the mic is all the ministry God will have you do. Don't think ushering or greeting or whatever else we all seem to hide under right now. Might be all the ministry we might all have to do. Some yes, but some No. And if we won't be all the ministry God will have us do, when we begin, we will find the others out. So we need to begin. We need to begin. Glory to God. We need to begin. We need to begin. As you share God's word with people, I've had to teach someone the word, and I was leaving the place, God was speaking to me about something else. Woo! You know that's a level of sea time harvest, too. You get people full of the Holy Ghost, and you can't eat that night. Anybody been there? You just are too full to eat. Of course, you just saw two people get drunk in the Holy Ghost. And then you see those people now today. They have churches. I know some pastor in the Coventry today, but many years ago, my wife knows him. Was just one of my younger brothers on campus. i would share words together, get drunk on God together. But they has a church somewhere in the London, I mean UK. Okay? and I could mention. But when we all were together, we were just young boys, looking like we didn't know what we're doing. Stand to your feet, praise God. Hallelujah. I would have asked us to pray, so you're talking tongues, <laughs> but we're just round up, just talking tongues. Glory to God. Sometimes you don't know who you're talking to, so I could say that Lord, will open our eyes, but. Lord, I will just move by your spirit and keep spreading this kingdom. That will move. That will move. That will move. That will move. Glory to God. Someone just touch yourself. There are many streams in this place tonight. Many streams in this place tonight. Many streams in this place tonight. The pastoral stream. The prophet stream. The evangelist stream, the teaching stream. Many streams in this place tonight. Many streams in this place tonight. Many streams in this place tonight. Even if God shows you and says you will be a prophet, you might likely not start from there. As we move on in the book of Acts, you see all these things. Paul didn't begin as an apostle. Even Peter didn't start as an apostle. He started as a disciple. They are faces in this thing. There are faces in this thing. But let's start. When do you want to start? Oh, but pastor, what if I'm not called into anybody? You need to be vital, functional, active. When do you want to begin the activity? The words in you are words of life. Someone must hear those words. The words in your words are power. Somebody must be impacted by those words. When do we want to start? When will we move from ushering people into leading the people, into pastoring the people, into having a ministry, if God will have you? When will we move from greeting people into church to mentoring people and developing them in the things of the kingdom? When? When? It begins when you begin. The opportunities abound every day. Tayabasa Taya. Morobosigiya Sagabasava. Morobore Kesigerosubriesva. Mandolobosu Fredon do Pro Sugerekisa. Megobosuku Vesiga Balakabosu Vrietasa. Marubosu Gabalakashiba. Many young men in the nineties. They were attracted to the move of the Spirit because they saw Reverend Victor Ademi flowing in the Holy Ghost. They just caught it from there. It means people are seeing you and they are catching the things from you. They see the way you teach the Word and they catch it from there. Reverend Femio Duwale was a small boy there just hanging around. Reverend K, small boys. But they are big men today. Who would know that that will happen? Who knows? When Victor himself was a small boy sitting under a joint at a Who knows that today he will minister all over the world? God knows. And God stares up his people. Stares up his people. For in the last days, thou part my spirit, says God. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. They will speak forth my word. They will see visions, they will dream dreams. They will see visions and they will dream dreams. Let's spread the fire mo ra pa Somebody see something. God is showing you tonight. Some you need to accept what He has been showing you already. He's been showing you already. He's been showing you. You might not begin from there, but at least receive it. Receive it. Accept it. He will map out how you will get there. For there is a path And there is a pattern And the plan and the pattern and the path Is with God But accept the journey Accept the destination Embrace it For what you see Is not all there is to see But what you see is what you have you see And as you move In faith and faithfulness You will see more Oh, as you move in faith and faithfulness, He will show you more. Ma paseta ya basta terebosa. Menenam preero robo sigerege burobo siga basa. Menenemorobo siga biya seka seva. Oh, Pastor, the ministry of name is not about the name. Just be faithful. Be a blessing. Do what God will have you do. You have free time right now. You own a business. You are in between jobs. Whatever it is. Use your time. Bless somebody. Share something. Let someone be grateful to God. That he or She met you. Let their policies arise. Because we took our time to share God's word with them. Let the Stevens and the Phillips arise because we gave them opportunity to hear the word and opportunities to serve. Let them arise. You arise. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Menona vas diga freira vas soba. Me caba sa taia let us pray for like 4 more minutes. Ke labafa. Menona mo se vieno no frero dopo si. Nime mi as su miara casa. Menona bos sopra ero noboro do dus. Neghe ghe pede ghe duovia ghe tu sofia vera ghe dos. Me la passa che mo su Ma passe te botto to ve che Nene borobo susa viyeve nege borobo tuta viete mena na boshike dogo borogo chisa viye nabo susa viyeve dogo viaga ma tebayaka ne sa ma paya bayeke borobo siba ma leba la le borobo shiba ba le borobo Mai agabo robo shigava gabalekebo so, mester tega duzo pala pari abatekebo, meka basata me basakebo Kabasaka, meka bate kabasa ka, mene bo so kabasa ta, meka me kabasa ka kasasa, meka basa kabasa, meka bate kabase kebo soto, mke kabasa, meka ba ye kabate te boko, eya basasa Mela papapa ya pasece, papapa ya boca baka base ca mela papapa ya pase, melolo bososo beki que lo to loboso, le bosso to lobos la casa, le pasa tayaca Ne boso kagaga yeka bassege boso la basa te yeka bata taya basse me boso keke la gade le boto le basa taya basse ke boso komosu ne boso le rabase o re boso eli boso komu no mosusa le bebe ye boso sobe kebe yaka basse kaba le borobosusa ye boso gobo sobo le mosu ni malaka bosi kaba Ne possoter les bossu gaba, mais papa y est pas sa taille bo passer. Bon, les potourobotu gobushi gaye, bon les boloboshi, et les boloboshi ma papa y a passé vos sopons, la balabalabalabalaba. Ne quest ne qu'est-ce ne ke pas ne bolobosu baba ele liabasi, oh son possounosu, et l'issé, et les bossus sont Eli basi mondo posi. Eli abasate lebo tsuka mendesia. Nindiasa, nindiasa. Ba le palabaye ba Nondosuga tebo. Nondo tsuka bele kiskebo. yes, yes, yes. Makabase kabasa. Capacities enlarged. Be kabaye kabaya shaba. Motelebo bo your ability to handle more lives, handle more people, be responsible for more things. <laughs> Menekebo Subaya, eh, Shasha Gaba.